0: My name is Dr. Ravi Chandra. I'm a psychiatrist and writer here in San Francisco. And this is a project of the SF Love Dojo, which is my organization to teach compassion. So let me talk a little bit about this situation that's unfolding around us. This is a time of unprecedented uncertainty, precarity, vulnerability, and anxiety. I just spoke with a group of friends from around the country, several of whom are health care providers. And though we were all able to ask the right questions, it's clear that no one had the answers yet. There are a lot of unknowns. And many of you are healthcare care providers, teachers, or other kinds of caregivers. There are participants from California, Washington, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and other states. I noticed participants from France and New Zealand. This is, in fact, a global situation. We're all going through difficulty, distress, and disruption. And I hope to offer some words and skills to help us all. You, have all, you all have your own skills, resiliences, strengths, and experiences as well. And I'm sure you're all leaders in some way and your presence and compassion is already making a difference. Uncertainty, precarity, vulnerability, anxiety, anger, irritation, frustration. So many emotions, all of them perfectly understandable. We all get to our feelings honestly. What I'm reminded of is that we are all getting perhaps a small taste of what refugees experience, what people enduring war experience, what the poor around the world experience. We've all lost our sense of normality. Life has been disrupted. We may see scarcity like we've never seen before with empty store shelves and ER doctors pleading for protective personal equipment. We, like a displaced person, may feel mistrust of authorities or anger I don't want to dramatize this too much, but in a sense, we've all lost our feeling of society and even a sense of country, or what our countries were. On a basic level, we've been uprooted. It's not a far leap to imagine what someone uprooted from family and community, what someone uh, who becomes stateless experiences. We've all been reminded of the reality of the human condition. We are all vulnerable. Life is uncertain and temporary. We are all deeply dependent on each other. We are dependent on grocery stores and pharmacies and the people who work in them. We are deeply dependent on a functioning healthcare system, where they exist, and all the people who have worked hard to maintain them. We are dependent on public health systems and public health care workers. We are dependent on the earth, the weather, the animals, the trees, the ocean, the forest. Even in isolation, we are always intimate with the effect that other beings produce. Feeling our uncertainty and vulnerability, we can go down different paths. We might go down the path of fear and reactivity. It's totally understandable. We might take the option of power and control and even develop a power complex, thinking we can erase our vulnerability by having power over others. This might make us feel strong, at least temporarily. Again, it's understandable. But there's a third option available. We can realize that our vulnerability and uncertainty links us with all of humanity and all of life. We can develop compassion for ourselves and compassion for others. We can deepen our experience of interdependence. And that's the challenge we have right now. In addition to the concrete challenge of caring for our physical bodies and communities, we have the challenge of caring for our emotional needs. This can create the opportunity for growth. I invite you to use this time, today and this time of this difficulty, to learn about yourself and to use this difficulty to cultivate compassion, mindfulness, and relationship to yourself and others. It all depends on what you bring to this moment. I've described difficulty and difficult emotions. By noticing and naming these emotions, you can be with them. And there's a difference between being an emotion, being caught up in its story, and being with an emotion. Mindfulness helps us create an observer awareness of our inner life. Mindfulness is defined as an awareness of present experience with acceptance. The other components of self-compassion are cultivating a sense of common humanity and a sense of kindness towards oneself. You may have heard of the word umami, U-M-A-M-I. Umami is the fifth flavor with bitter, salty, sweet, and sour. Umami is the fifth taste, described as a tanginess or savoriness. It's the flavor that makes food more tasty and delicious. I like to describe loving-kindness or friendliness and compassion as the umami of the inner life. Friendliness and compassion are the extra flavor that make our inner lives and our relatedness more tasty and delicious. We might have fear, anxiety, anger irritation, boredom, despair, and so on. But if we can add the umami of friendliness and compassion, we can make the experience tolerable and even learn from it. These difficult emotions can be viewed as what ancient Buddhist scholar Shantideva called treasures appearing on our doorstep, for they can assist us in the the conduct of our awakening. We are all suffering and we all wish for happiness and well-being. How do we define happiness and well-being? We can get attached to houses, possessions, and status, particularly if we live in a Western materialistic world, but after meeting certain basic requirements, these do not produce lasting satisfaction and happiness. This has been backed up by research. Where does happiness come from? Well, certainly meeting goals, having a set of goals that we can regularly check in about, also a sense of purpose in life our greater purpose in life also of course relationships are really important uh, the longest running study of uh, of health uh, of and well-being the grant study found that relationships throughout life were the greatest predictor of happiness in later life happiness is love full stop as the grant studies director said i define happiness as an increasing ability to deal with the distress of life. I'll say that again. I think happiness is the increasing capacity to deal with the distress of life. You might still feel distress, but you can appreciate yourself for coping with it. And there are two techniques I'd like to share with you uh, in, this short, in this first part of the talk for helping you deal develop, sorry, uh, helping you develop this increased capacity to deal with distress. The first is the Mindful Self-Compassion Break, derived from the work of Kristin Neff and Christopher Germer. I really recommend taking the full Mindful Self-Compassion class. I offer this in San Francisco, and the Center for Mindful Self-Compassion offers it online as well. But the Mindful Self-Compassion Break will help you interrupt the negative story that difficult emotions like to tell. It consists of three parts. First, mindfulness. Just noticing that this is a moment of suffering. This hurts. Ouch, I don't like this. Just noticing this is a moment of suffering. Second, common humanity. Suffering is a part of life. I'm not alone. Others feel and have felt this emotion too. And third, self-kindness. In this moment of suffering, may I at least be kind to myself. So again, that's mindfulness, this is a moment of suffering. Common humanity, suffering is a part of life. And third, self-kindness, in this moment of suffering, may I at least be kind to myself. The other important awareness is to explore your difficult emotion or moment with kindness. For example, We might notice irritation with a spouse, or even a patient, or a stranger. Underneath our difficult emotion, there are soft emotions such as fear, anxiety, sadness, longing, loneliness, and so forth. And underneath these emotions, there is a need that isn't being met. Is it a need for respect, appreciation, validation, safety, control, So often I find it's a need for love. After we identify our underlying needs, we can validate them and hold them with compassion and tenderness, even as we realize that our needs are often not totally met. Even in a fantastic relationship, our needs for love, safety, belonging, respect, and so forth, might only be met 90 or 95% 95 of the time. There's always a gap, that we notice between our need and what's available in our environment. And self-compassion helps us to care for ourselves when our needs aren't being met.